Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. It's Ty Power's Big Footy final sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres. Ty Power's Big Footy final sale can't last. Visit typower.com.au now. We love our dogs. They love to race. Check out grnz.co.nz for everything New Zealand Greyhounds. This is Dog Speed with Mark Rosanowski and Dan Roberts on SCNZ. The dogs are talking. Welcome into Dog Speed. Dan Roberts uh, along with Andy McCook today filling in for the uh, great man himself, Mr. Mark Rosanowski. Prior commitments means we've brought in the second, I think it might be the third or fourth reserve now to be honest, Dan, but, uh, but we've turned up. We're here. We've got a cracking show in front of us. Yeah, we've got to, we've got to keep you in the loop, mate. You're too good to just let slip away, so we've got to give you a run every now and then. Coming in cold too, coming in cold. I don't know what to expect here, but uh, firstly, Dan, we're going to have a little bit of a chat through what's been happening in the week of Greyhound Racing. Obviously, it's been a big week uh, headed up by the Nationals across in Australia yesterday. Obviously, we had uh, a New Zealander over there flying the flag. Ran fourth with the the prep that was required leading into it. Uh, Was a, a decent enough effort from the keeper? Yeah, it's always a tough ask heading over there under the circumstances. Um, but top four, you've got to be happy enough with that. It's it's hard going to go over there and front up against Aussie's best stayers. Uh, and, and like you said, the, the prep wasn't ideal, so he's he's probably done New Zealand pretty proud. For those that don't know, with the, the new MAF regulations that are now in play in New Zealand, dogs only allowed to be in Australia for 10 days. So he had to fly over on Tuesday. The only possible opportunity he would have had to trial would have been on the Wednesday, which was just too tough an ask, to be fair. So he went in cold. He hadn't seen Wentworth Park. If he didn't go over for just the 10 days, he had to be there for 45 days to uh, get the the MAF regulations to be able to come back into uh, New Zealand. So no trial, gone in cold. Probably told a little bit in the early stages. Yeah, he um, sort of just looked like he floundered first couple strides out of the boxes, but... um... Once he found his feet and got on the rail, he was he was pretty good. He was solid through the back back part of the race. Um, but yeah, as you say, it's it's always hard first up on a track, especially when you're in Australia against Aussie's best. And it is Aussie's best as well. He's run fourth now. Obviously, we wanted him to go over there and blow them out of the water and just say, "Hey, New Zealanders are as good as as good as you guys." He's kind of done that though with the prep he's had. Really, fourth and and behind the best stayers that uh, that Australia had to offer. Yeah, and the dog that won it was only a couple lengths off the track record uh, in its Nationals heat win, or state win, if you will. Um, so <laughs> it was tough. It was going to be a tough ask from the start. But we know how good he is here, and he's he's one of the best days that we've probably had for a, a long, long time, and especially being New Zealand bred. So he's definitely done us proud anyway. And you just touched on that as well, Dan. Uh, true blue New Zealand bred as well. He, he's a almost a backyard bred greyhound, if you will, by no class. One crafty bred and raced uh, along with the team out of no jinx. One that the, 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 the Cleave team bred and raced as well. Both did super jobs in, in class. Another greyhound who went to Aussie and, and, and did us proud over there. So it doesn't get any more New Zealand bred than no keeper. <laughs> yeah, he's, uh, he's a true blue Kiwi dog, isn't he? <laughs> 
While we're talking stayers, Dan, we had a couple of 600-metre races during the week. Obviously, we started off that trend at Christchurch on Tuesday with a greyhound by the name of Gold Star Carlito, who came out and beat Carlos Jewell. Both very good runs. Carlito then backing that up three days later, which, again, when we're talking massive tasks that greyhounds can stand up to, that was certainly a massive task, and Carlito was very, very good on both occasions. Yeah, he um he went really 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 good on Tuesday. Um, obviously beat Carlos Jill. They're both C five greyhounds over the middle distance. Uh, but then to come out and back it up and in fact go better again on the Friday was a huge effort. And he looks like he could be a genuine six four five meter dog going forward. He's just got that really good turn of speed through the middle stages of his races, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah. His back mark sectional that he posted was pretty handy, I think. And um even on the the Friday, he's seen it out pretty well as well. On the Tuesday, obviously, you touched on it, uh, Carlos Jules-Sec, and he's clearly a greyhound that you know very well. What did you take out of his run, and where does he go from now? I was actually pretty pretty happy with his run, to be fair. I um, I didn't think he'd see it out as well as he did, but um, no, he, st- he stuck it out pretty well, and obviously he's been beaten by Carletia, who's no slouch himself. Uh, in terms of where he goes next, he's probably going to head to Palmy uh, Friday, this Friday coming, four, five, seven metre heats for a 30k final. Uh, he seems to go good up there, so we'll take him back. Goes good there, beating uh, the smallest nose you've ever seen in the $30,000 Matariki. You just had to remind me of it. Does you it just, still hurt? You had to take me back to those dark days. Yeah, it still hurts. Yeah. Still hurts, yeah. It was a small nose, wasn't it? Very small. It's very small. So obviously with a big feature meeting coming up, we know the Roberts team have a, a number of quality Group 1 greyhounds in the backyard. How many are going up, and uh, and who do you think is your best chance for the features there? We've, uh, I think we've nominated a team of 10 at this stage. Um, it's always hard to look past Tal Bingo, I suppose. He's sort of the kennel star. However, I don't think the one-turn tracks suit him as well as a couple of the other speedsters we got there. But uh, I think Corborn Cardi's going to be his third run back from injury. Um, I think he'll be he'll be somewhere back to his best. So I'm interested to see how he goes over the 375 uh, around Palmy. The one dog we need to ask you about, Daniel, before we move on is Levi Bale. He's been very good so far in the country. Blistering speed. I bet mean, it's a little bit of a toss-up as to what to do with him. Yeah, we we're sort of umming and ahhing whether we go for the 375 or the 457. Um, we've got more of a handful for the 457 than we do the 375, so we're sort of leaning to, to that way at the moment. But he's pretty versatile either way. He's reliable out of the boxes, and he's got blistering pace. So um, whatever way we choose to go, I'm sure I'm sure he'll step up to the task. But, yeah, we're still going to make that decision yet. So that's the southern part of, of the segment. Obviously, we saw another Greyhound uh, debut over the 600-metre journey in his backyard. That was at Manawa 2 over the 660. His name, Highview Spud. Gee, you don't uh, get much better debut performances over the 600 than that. Nah, that was pretty impressive, Andy. Um, I thought it was a big big step going from 457 to 660, but he well and truly handled it uh, in the maiden COD on uh, on. Wednesday it was, and he went about half a second faster than the C2 stayers uh, on that on that day. Obviously, you train a few. You've trained some stayers in your time. Your old man's trained a couple of quality stayers. How hard is it to get a greyhound to go from 457 metres to step straight into a 600 and not only win, but win convincingly and run fast? It's uh, <laughs> It's not ideal, but sometimes the dogs just step up to the task. 
and uh, I can I can mention a dog, Claus and Leo, who did that a couple of years ago, and uh, he probably made me look better than what I was, um, just by the way he accepted the challenge. I didn't want to say anything. <laughs> um, but no, it's a good training feat from Sam Phillips, and and the run home, again, his run home was better than the C2 distance dogs on the day as well, so he's stepped up and he's, he's done it, as you say, convincingly. He was very good, Carlito good, Carlos good. There's uh, a lot of good signs for the staying ranks coming up over the next uh, six to eight months. Keeper might have a little bit of uh, trouble on his hands with some of these greyhounds who have a little bit of speed. We're going to head to a quick break here on Dog Speed. On the other side, we catch up with one of the young gun trainers in New Zealand, Riley Evans. We love our dogs. They love to race. Lovegreyhounds.org.nz. Head on to that website and you will be able to see a number of stories and great stories about how everybody in greyhound races are racing, treat their animals, how these majestic athletes are treated and uh, just how well they are maintained and uh, looked after throughout, uh, throughout their entire life. And one of the people you will be able to see on there is one of the youngsters coming through the ranks in terms of the training ranks, and that is uh, young Riley Evans. And Riley, he joins us on the phone now. Riley, a very good afternoon to you. Yep, yep, not too bad, mate. How are, how are you? Yeah, we're trucking along good, Riley. We're trucking along good. Uh, just wanted to get you on, have a little bit of a chat with you. Obviously, you've now completed uh, your first full season training in New Zealand, and gee, what a, a stellar season it was for you. Yeah, it was pretty good. I, we went a bit better than I expected, and um, yeah, to, to notch up that many wins in, in a year, um, even though my mum and dad helped me to do it at, at a young age like that, is I think that's pretty impressive and it's something that we're, us three are all really proud of. That number got to 249 for you, but off the property, uh, mum and dad with a, a few winners as well. So the, the yearly total over 250 and that's a number that most people could only dream of. Yeah, exactly. Um, I, was hoping, I was hoping I could squeeze out one or two more and, and I'd notch up 250 by myself would have been quite a cool milestone, but Hey, I'm, I'm right on the cusp of 250, so yeah, it's it's pretty good, and, I, and we're really happy with it. This season starting off uh, really good, Riley. Basically, just picking up where you left off, and so far, 26 winners already in the bin. Things looking pretty good for you to uh, not only hit 250, but probably blow straight past that if the season can continue like this. Yeah, we're trucking along really good at the moment, and um, and yeah, we're on a bit of a roll, so. You can't always keep it running, but we'll, we'll, we'll be trying to do it. And, um, yeah, we've got the teams going pretty good at the moment and everything's sort of going our way. So, yeah, it's pretty good. After your first full season went so well, Riley, do you, do you sit down or do you do you mum and dad sit down and, and come up with goals for the coming season? Because after having such a, a boomer start, it must be pretty hard to, to try and come up with a goal to beat it. Yeah, it's always hard, hard to um, better your season, but... Just trying to chase those big races. I'm I'm trying to knock on the door and win one of them would be would be awesome and and um, yeah, there's not too much change. Just obviously want to sort of improve every season, but it'll get to a point where that, where that becomes pretty hard to do. You talked about wanting to try and win a big one, and uh, obviously a goal for for most people. The greyhound in your kennel at the moment probably most likely to uh, to do that gold star, Carlito, who uh, had a really good week over the 645 metre journey. You must be uh, you must be super proud of what he was able to achieve. 
Yeah, we're um, we're all three of us are really happy with his run, and and he's definitely the star of our kennels at the moment. Um, he had the, had two good wins back to back in the six hundred, and he might he might have a bit still left in the tank, but yeah, we have a bit of a, a short little break now. And and yeah, if if there's one of ours that can win a big one, then it's him. He's um he's been in a couple of big races, and he's just had no luck. But he's just a dog. When he clips and gets it right, he's he's right up there with some of the good ones. He's a very fast animal, got a big engine. What is it? Uh, what What do you do with him now? Obviously, you said you're going to give him a short break, but what do you do thereafter? Do you do you head back to 500 meter racing and, and try and target a big one with him, or do you do you keep him over the 600s yeah. and and try and win those uh, those nice races there? No, we'll be going for the Invercargill Cup with him. Um, we're going down in oh, just over a week now, so we'll be making the trip down there. I haven't been there in quite a while, but um, but. No, gonna gonna have a dig with him down there, and he, he hasn't raced on the track yet. But yeah, uh, it'll be good to get him get him down there and and have a notch at that. Racing back over the four hundred and fifty seven meters, is there anything you change in his uh, his preparation to get him back from six hundred meter racing back to uh, to being in the shorter four hundred and fifty seven meter races? No, nah, nothing too much. He he knows what he's doing now, and, he, and he's a smart dog, so. No, nothing really much needs to change. He's always he's always fit and and he doesn't gallop too too hard. He just sort of keeps to himself a bit and and just trots along. Riley, obviously uh, last season Greyhound Racing New Zealand brought out the Youth of the Month award, and uh, and everybody from those nominations goes into uh, the chance to win the the yearly award, and you were one of those nominees. Must be a, a pretty decent feeling in your first season, uh, first full season of training to be uh, to be nominated for that. Yeah, that was pretty cool. It's, it's always good to get get good recognition from from other people in the industry, and I've had a lot of good feedback from a lot of people, and, and a lot of top trainers have told me that I'm doing a good job. So, to be nominated for that's quite special, and and I'm hoping if I can win that, I can I could use that opportunity. I'd like to travel to Australia and and maybe sit under the learning tree of someone like Robbie Brisson and and the big top guns over there would be would be good to just get someone else's um, complete perspective on it, someone that trains in a different country and everyone does things a bit differently. So, yeah, I'll be hoping if I can win it, I'll be hoping to do that. But it, just to even be nominated, and um, that's that's pretty special. Riley, your mum and dad have just got back from a wee trip over to Australia. Um, I heard you ran the ship pretty well while they're away. They'll be talking about retirement soon, will they? Yeah, they are. Uh, they've been talking about it a bit, but I'm not quite ready for it yet. But the uh, the team went really good, and, and they didn't they didn't go any worse when they were away. So yeah, old boys, um, he's fizzing to get get his feet up on the recliner and and sort of relax a bit now. Uh, you speak about going in Chicago in just over a week's time. Obviously, you being the boss, do you front up and do the trip, or are you going to send Steve the worker down there? Nah, I'm, I'm, I'm making this trip this time. So uh, me, and, um, me and Jack are going to, uh, Jack Johnson, he's another young um, up-and-comer in the industry. Me and him are going to team up and, and do, that's our first big trip away together. So we'll see how we go. Can't be too hard if the old boy can do it. I reckon he'd go pretty good sitting on a recliner with his feet up, Riley, wouldn't he? I think he would. I think you'd look pretty good next to him, mate, too. Oh, oh, just <laughs> handing out the jokes. That's not how this works. <laughs> yeah. Riley, we can't let you go without having a little bit of a chat about your super stock as well, your other passion in life. Uh, I believe you were out trialling that today, the new and improved version. Yep, yeah, we're out. We're just on our way home with this pulled over, and, and yeah, it went really good. And 
everything um, everything went as it should, and it all stayed together, which is is good coming back from a motor rebuild and and the whole cars have had an overhaul now. But yeah, it keeps keeps us busy when we're not doing the dogs. It's pretty good. Me, mum, and dad we're all we're into it big time, and it's good when we can go to the track and you don't don't really think about the dogs and you can get your head away from it for a little bit and, and it, that's sort of our time to relax and do something as a family which is quite good. Yeah, it's always good to have a hobby outside of the dogs. Uh, Riley, I'm sure you have a, f- a few dogs running around Monday and Tuesday. Have you got a winner for us anywhere? Uh, yeah, we got a, I got a couple good chances. Um, Monday, we've got Noodle. He had a good win last week and and he's been running pretty good. Um, Gold star Jojo, she got a bit unlucky uh, last start, but um, she's been running home really strong as well, and she's she's grown a um, couple of lengths, and she's racing probably the best she has now. Same with um, Gold star Hope as well on Monday. Um, and then Gold star Wade, he's a big chance off box eight. He, he's a bit prone to missing the start, but if he can jump with them, then, then I think he's a real good chance. Oh, that's awesome, Riley. Uh, hey, mate, thanks uh, very much for your time this morning on Dog Speed. Best of luck with uh, with not only yep. dogs, but the upcoming season for the Superstock as well. Yep, awesome. Thank you. I'd just like to say real real quick, just a big thanks to um, all my staff, Josh and Zancy and Mum and Dad as well. It's a big, big team effort. And um, Josh and Zancy, they've been great while Mum and Dad were in Aussie and and. I've both picked up the dogs really quick, and I'd, I'd be bit, I'd be buggered without all four of them. And um, yeah, just want to say a big thank you to all of them. Um, definitely doesn't go unnoticed. No, that's wicked, Riley. Well said. Uh, as they say, teamwork makes the dream work. And uh, when you're involved in greyhounds, it is a, a monster team. Even uh, team effort. That was Riley Evans joining us. We're going to go to a, a quick break now on dog speed. On the other side, a little bit of a special guest, someone a little bit different. We get Andrew McKero on the phone. He is the racetrack support person, and what a super job he does behind the scenes. We love our dogs. They love to race. grnz.co.nz is where you head for all the fields, form, replays, and everything you need to know about greyhound racing in New Zealand. You're with Andy McCook, who's in off the reserve bench, and the normal Dan Roberts, who's alongside me as we take you through today's show with uh, the great man Mark Rosanowski. Other commitments for him, meaning I got the call up. I've uh, been about fifth reserve, I think I was. I've, I've come up with Dan. I think I was fifth. We were pretty desperate. Yeah, yeah, scraping, scraping the, <laughs> scraping the bottom of the barrel. We have a, a pretty special guest with us uh, now on the phone. Uh, his name's Andrew McKero. For those who don't know of Andrew, he's the racetrack support person uh, throughout Canterbury in the South Island uh, down here. Andrew, it's uh, a pleasure to have you on the show and a very good afternoon to you. Yeah, guys, hey, good to connect. Good to be here. Yeah, super to have you on with us uh, today, Andrew. Obviously, a, an integral part of racing that you play. For those who aren't sure of what you do, do you want to give us a, a little bit of a rundown about your role? Yeah, look, it's pretty varied. Um, the, the main, I suppose, sort of function is just. I think we're just having a little bit of an issue with the uh, the connection there with uh, Andrew McKero. We will endeavour to try and get that back. I'm not sure if you're still with us, Andrew, but we just uh, we just had you cut out on us there a, a little bit. Obviously, a little bit of a bad connection, but uh, we were just having you run through uh, the role you play. Sorry, guys. We'll try again. Is it better? 
Yeah, yeah that's perfect, mate. That's perfect. Brilliant. Hey, um, yeah, so look, the role is very varied, um, sort of depending what the needs are any sort of given day or any given week for the industry. So um, generally my sort of, my umbrella is just sort of pastoral care. So it's, if there's any sort of support um, needed in any way, we sort of try to get it to people. Uh, so it can be things from if there's sort of injuries, obviously involved in that process of sort of visitation, uh, making sure that people are doing okay, that that recovery process is happening good for them. Um, it may mean that just with the pressures of racing, um, that there's you know sort of stuff going on that that's getting on top of people. Um, in which case we do a lot of coffees and uh, just just try to sort of get people sort of connected, I suppose, with where they need to be. Um, if they're finding you know work uh, racing life a bit tough, uh, which can happen, eh? Yeah, it certainly can. Obviously, the the racing industry can be uh, can be somewhat of a, a yo-yo in terms of life, can't it? You can be riding a wave one minute, and the next year uh, you're down in the in the bottom of the the doldrums because something's gone wrong, and it can sort of turn very quickly, which for for a lot of people can be pretty tough on them mentally. Yeah, I think so, and I think it's just helping people sort of even normalise that a wee bit, you know, um, being able to sort of um, just stop take a breath, take stock. And often when people sort of get a chance to talk about these things, it's one of those things that when you talk about it, as it's sort of coming out of your mouth, it makes a lot more sense, you know, as you're speaking it out and also you're sort of not carrying it around as much. So it sounds really simple, but um, certainly notice that the more people are comfortable just sort of sharing their journey, um, the better it seems to get for people. What would be your advice to someone, Andrew, if they're listening into this and, and they're having issues? Because obviously talking about mental health can be a, a little bit of an issue for, for a lot of people, not only in the racing game, but, but just people in general. And it can be one of those things that either goes unnoticed or, or people try and hide because they feel embarrassed or ashamed or, or whatever it might be. What would be your advice to, to someone who is in need of, of your help? Probably just be brave enough to pick up that phone the first time. Um, nine times out of ten, you know, once you've connected with somebody, it feels easy and there's that sense of actually that was not only was it okay, but that was actually helpful um, and it wasn't scary. So often in a head, so I think we can build build that up um, to be sort of something that it's not and then once we actually reach out. Um, so I suppose my advice would be just, yeah, pick up the phone um, and, and call and I think we'll find that as we connect, um, it's actually helpful and it's okay. Andrew, you're quite well known throughout the harness and the thoroughbreds codes, uh, somewhat of a chocolate bear at a lot of the race meetings there. Um, not really well known, probably so much in the greyhounds, and that's a lot of the reason we've got you on to, today to try and promote that that you are here for for the us greyhound code as well. What um, You work alongside someone, I believe you've got a partner in the North Island as well who's available to help. What's sort of the best way for people to, to get in touch with you or reach out if they need to? Yeah, look, I think if people just search up racetrack support, um, they should get some numbers. Also, the codes um, will be able to provide details of, of how to get hold of, of us as well. Um, and also, sort of, obviously, stipendry stewards, anybody um, in the administration of the industry. But, yeah, if in doubt, Google. Um, and if in doubt, again, just, just ask, you know, those people in your industry, um, you know, like Harness Racing New Zealand, Greyhounds New Zealand, they will have their contacts. Um, and I think also it can be, we can be proactive. So like if, if somebody like yourself, Dan, sees somebody who is struggling, 
um, you can sort of mention to me and I can just give them a, a sneaky call, um, you know, just to sort of check in. Um, or or uh, we can mention, hey, look, would it be helpful if you can talk to somebody? So a little bit of word of mouth as well, I think, is a good way to go about it. Just from having you on the show for the last uh, six or seven minutes, Andrew, I'd, obviously we haven't had a lot to do with each other, but you come across as quite an easy bloke to talk to, so it's just sort of a process of picking up the phone and then you meet up with, with people if they want, sit down, have a coffee, and just have a little bit of a chat. Is that basically how the process works? That's pretty much how it works, yeah, and, and try really hard to make sure that, um, you know, that I am approachable, um, that people can see I'm, at my heart I'm, I'm one of you guys. Uh, racing's my background, so... Uh, I just one of you fellows wearing a different hat, really. Um, and I think that sort of takes a lot of anxiety out of the process, hopefully. Um, yeah, so a lot of what I do is just about walking beside people. Uh, if there is more support needed, I help get that in place um, and then just kind of stay alongside while that happens to make sure that's happening okay as well. Andrew, how how did you come uh, to to be involved in the the role you're in now? Is it something that uh, that you thought up on your own, or did, did someone approach you to uh, to become the, the the support person you now are? Uh, it's something that I I guess I came up with on my own. I um as I say, my racing was background. I my try that again. My background was racing. Uh, I was probably the worst apprentice jockey in the history of apprentice jockeys, I'd say. Um, but in <laughs> with my lack of success came an absolute love uh, for racing um, and that, that stayed with me really um, I had quite a few dictions growing up and so they caught up with me uh, big time probably in my early 20s uh, so as a result of sort of getting some help around that and sort of going on a, I guess a, a spiritual journey for me as well I ended up training to become a minister with the Salvation Army um, in the back of my mind I'm kind of thinking I would love to take some of the skills that I'm learning and what I'm doing now and actually transfer that into racing. Um, so we made an approach probably about six years ago, uh, initially to thoroughbreds, um, and it's just grown from there, really. So just listening to uh, to your story there, Andrew, obviously um, approachable mainly down to the reason that you, you've been on both sides of the fence, obviously with, with some issues earlier on in your life and, and now on the other side and coming through that journey yourself. So you, you sort of know what, what some people may be going through. Yeah, and you'll know you'll get no judgment from me because I've made every mistake probably three times over. Andrew, I've got a judgment for you, mate. I can't believe you go to the other two codes with chocolates and you haven't been to the Greyhounds yet. <laughs> mate, let me tell you about that. We're trying to work out how to get our heads around it. So the first time I tried to get into the dogs, you guys are really strict um, around. I can't really get around the kennel areas because obviously with the chocolate, um, there's <laughs> caffeine in it. So if that sort of gets to the doggies... Uh, so I, I got a, I got an education about that. So I'm still trying to work out what's the best way to get chocolate to you guys without the dogs testing positive for caffeine. <laughs> well, I tell you what, if you sneak into Eddington one day and just just walk up to the commentary box, mate, and, and I'll give you a hand with that chocolate if you need. <laughs> I can do that 100. <laughs> percent It's been a, it's been a pleasure to have you on the show, Andrew. Hey, we uh, we really appreciate everything you do for for everybody in racing and and the people that you've been able to help. I'm sure they uh, very grateful for you as well. And uh, hopefully, uh, just having you on today might be able to get one or two people that might just be struggling with a few things to to know there is help out there and someone there that they can uh, they can call upon if needed. Yeah, hey, I really appreciate it too, guys, because I think these are the wee things that help people to sort of know. You know, like say if somebody is just listening. Um, and I suppose the, the final message for me is that, you know, I hate the thought that people have to 
do stuff by themselves and it doesn't have to be, you know, so heavy that we carry it by ourselves. So, yeah, it's not scary. Reach out and we'll see how we can help. That's beautiful, Andrew. Hey, thank you very much for your time, mate, and uh, enjoy the rest of your day. Take care. Thanks, guys. It was Andrew McHero. Danny plays a really important role in, in Greyhound, or not in, in, in all racing circles throughout New Zealand, and uh, just one of those guys who is there if, if needed. Yeah, it's a real great incentive uh, that he's put forward himself. Obviously, racing industry is quite volatile. You can be on cloud nine one day and absolutely down in the dumps the next. So, and uh, there's a lot of stigma around mental health at the moment, and that, and uh, everyone needs to know that it's okay to not be okay, and you just need to explore avenues and, and how to get yourself out of a, a bit of a slump that you might be in. And obviously Andrew's a, a, a really, really good person to, to go to for that sort of help. So that was Andrew McHero. Again, get in touch with uh, the organisations if you want to find him, either through uh, the Trots, the Greyhounds or uh, the Gallops, whatever code you're involved in, Andrew, they're available and they will have contact details for him. A quick break here on Dog Speed. On the other side, another young gun trainer, this time from Auckland, the small team of Greyhounds Racing today, Emma Potts. Yes, welcome into Dog Speed, brought to you by GRNZ on SENZ. Andy, we're flying through the show here, and it's become apparent that you go very good fresh up. I've got a fresh up run in me. I don't back up well. Uh, I don't back up well at all. I'm built for feed, not speed. So, uh, yeah, I'm just I'm a one-run-every-two-months kind of fella these days. So I might have to shout your KFC on the way home. Be rude not to. <laughs> we are going to be joined by Emma Potts. Emma's got a, a small team of four going around Manukau later today. Looks like a handy team on paper. Emma, good afternoon to you. Hello, how are you? <laughs> good, thanks. Emma, we'll get straight into it. You've got race five, number three, Thrilling Sprite. Opened up at 4.50. How do you think he's going to go today? Uh, yeah, she's downgraded, I think, now. She's in a two and three race, and she was racing um, an open grade or back in December. Um, I've been working on some sore muscles that she had, and, yeah, if she can jump today, hopefully nothing can run her down. Sounds like she might be worth a bit, the way you're talking there, Emma. Maybe. <laughs> Can't give the next it all one away. You've... <laughs> the next one you've got is uh, race seven, number one, Bandit Billy. Looks ideally drawn down there. Yeah, um, look, his box one stats don't say that he likes box one, but um, I'm sure he had box one last time when he came out and won. His key is just to keep settled, and he's in an earlier race than normal, um, which will definitely help him heat. Last start winner, can you back up that form? Hopefully. Next one you've got in comes up with the red rug again in race nine, Scooby Blue. What do you make of uh, his chances? Also a last start winner. Yeah, he's he goes a lot better at Cambridge, not going to lie, um, but the box drawer here today will help him. Um, he's strong to the line, so even if he misses away, um, if he just hugs the rail, he yeah, he should be running home really good. And the last of your charges today comes up in race 10, number two. Pretty handy wee bitch black tea. Uh, yeah, look, she's my, my favourite dog. Um, I would prefer her drawn in the pink rug. Um, but, yeah, I've been doing um, a few different things with my dogs in the last week. Um, so, yeah, again, if she steps away, we all know she's strong. Yeah, she should be right in it today. So of the four of those, if we had to ask you to label one for us, what one would you pick? Oh, 
Bandit Billy. Rightio, Bandit Billy paying 10, so it's nice, nice each way bet there. Uh, good luck to you, Emma. I'm going to hand over to Andy McCook. I think he's got some questions he wants to talk to you about. He's brought me in fresh off the Help. bench, Emma, and he's putting all the pressure on me. <laughs> it's ridiculous, isn't it? It is, it is. Uh, my first question, I hope you haven't told Murphy and Maggie May that Black Tea's your favourite dog. No, I haven't. I've kept it a secret. Well, they, they might find out one day, and that won't go down my, well. My favourite greyhound. Well, oh, you know, no. See, now you're just covering yourself. Yeah. <laughs> you're just covering yourself. Maggie May into a race. Maggie May has been entered into a sausage dog race in September. When is so this? We'll see how my training abilities go. Uh, the 17th of September. Can we get footage of it, please? Yes, you can. Will the TAB open you a market definitely... on this race? I don't know. I could, uh, <laughs> we could ask. And if they do, how fast is Maggie May? Like, do we need to get on or not? Oh, she's she, yeah, oh yeah, she's just a speed demon. She's you've never <laughs> seen a faster sausage. That's uh, just, we're not going anywhere with that, Emma. That's terrible. Um, <laughs> for those that have been reading the race book, obviously, uh, Emma, you've been training alongside Hayley Mullane for the last few months. Uh, back training yeah. solo now. Is that something that uh, excites you to be to be back on your own, doing your own thing? Yeah, it does. Um, the last week and a bit, um, been going back to old ways and how I used to do things and, yeah, it's been it's been nice. It has been nice. What's the plan moving forward? Obviously, at the moment, uh, still at Haley's. Is there a, a plan to to sort of go back out completely on your own somewhere, or uh, what, what's what's the ideal situation there? Yeah, look, it's um, it's definitely an option. Um, ideally, one hundred percent move away somewhere and go back to training on my own. Um, it's just finding somewhere. Um, it's it's pretty tough at the moment, but um, I'll get there, I'm sure. How many dogs uh, are you training in your own right now, Emma? Um, I've got, oh, I've got 10 race dogs, but I've got seven Thrilling Rosa, Thrilling Boris pups that I've just sent their names away. Um, So they've been trialling up really nicely, so I'll have those as well. That's outstanding. It's always good to have uh, some young dogs coming through and uh, obviously by the sounds of things, they're, they're doing everything right and trialling up nicely. Yeah, look, um, I got them off Karen when they were already broken in and I have to say she did an amazing job um, with them. They were, they, you put them in the boxes, they head down, bum up and yeah, I'm really, really happy with them. What's the future goals for Emma Potts over the next season? Have you have you sat down and come up with uh, with a, a plan or a, a goal, something you'd like to uh, to hit in terms of winners or, or anything like that? Yeah, oh, I can't remember what how many winners I had in my last season training on my own, but to beat that would be nice. That's uh, outstanding, Emma. I'm sure you'll give it a, a decent nudge. We uh, we thank you very much for your time this morning and uh, obviously well, this afternoon. It's not morning, it's afternoon. And uh, <laughs> good luck with uh, with your team racing around today. I'm sure they'll do you proud. Cool. Thanks, guys. Easy as. That was uh, Emma Potts with a team of four running around today. And uh, Dan, Bandit Billy at $10. She's found one for the punters. I love when we get trainers on and I ask to label one and they pick the roughest. That's outstanding. It's great. It's, it is great. It means we can go each way. Top four markets available as well, so there's plenty of options when they're $10. Absolutely. I'm going to have to look into what it's paying top four. I might have to unload the TAB account, maybe. I hope you haven't already done that because <laughs> it'll probably be 650 now if you have. 
No, not yet, Andy. I'll wait for you to get on first, eh? No, that's good. That's good by you. Uh, so that's the last of our guests, uh, Dan, that we have for this morning. Obviously, uh, we have the Greyhound Racing New Zealand yearly awards coming up in the not-too-distant future, and the contestants that are vying for those available on Greyhound Racing New Zealand. Dan, a really key aspect this year is the fact that the majority of the awards going away from a point system to a panel-based system, so it's it's not solely based around how many times you've won necessarily or as opposed to the quality of race you've won, which is a really good thing for uh, for Greyhound Racing. Yeah, I think uh, it's, it is a lot better. I think the, the award's going to go to um, more deserving dogs, probably, say. Um, I feel sorry for the people selecting them this year, especially the middle distance dog. It's not easy, is it? It's not easy. So on Grand Race in New Zealand, you'll be able to see these. So there's a, a panel of people that were, were given the option of nominating between one and three greyhounds, and any greyhound who was given two votes becomes a finalist, and, and no one knows who the winners are, apart from Michael Dorr, which is really good. Makes for a, a much better award ceremony as well when you're going in and you don't know who's winning. Yeah, that is good. Although we do know one winner because there was only one dog in the running for Stayer of the Year. Yes, yes. There was only one dog who got there. I don't think there was a vote for another Greyhound, which <laughs> I know you're associated with Raja Bale and you're going to sit here and say he should have had two votes. But <laughs> there's only one Greyhound that was voted for. That's no keeper and that's for a very, very good reason. Yeah, absolutely. I'll take an award for probably running him to the smallest margin. And first dog to beat him. Yeah. I can't remember. You're going to have to... Uh... Raja in the 600. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, Come absolutely. On, Daniel. <laughs> oh, that's poor, isn't it? It is. It's, it's, it's poor from you. It's but, poor from uh, you. Yeah, no keeper definitely deserves it, but obviously Michael Dorr can't hide that one from us. Now, obviously, I'm on the panel, so I've got to be a little bit careful what I say here. But, Dan, these are the nominations for Sprinter of the Year. Big Time Prada, Big Time Cooper, Homebush Sirius, Master Porthos, and Typhoon Tim. That's a very even bunch of sprinters. You know what I'd love to see? Go. Those six dogs line up at Addington tomorrow. There's only five. No, five, sorry. <laughs> well, we need to find three more. But I think that would make for a great race. And I, you say you're on the selection panel? Yes. You've got a tough decision to make it's, there. It's very, very tough. So of the five of them, who would you rate as the best of those sprinters? It's... Unfortunately for Master Porthos, his third in the derby is not going to come into consideration as it was over the middle distance. Um, Typhoon Tim and Big Time Prada probably stand out the most. Probably Big Time Prada a wee bit more than Typhoon Tim. I know that she's sort of beaten him a few times up at Palmy, so I'm probably leaning towards her. It's a, it's a very, very even bunch of sprinters. And, you know, you look at the, the two Group 1 races we have, one of them won by... Uh, Golden Fern, who, who's not even in the list, and that's how even it is. And the other one won by Big Time Cooper, who uh, didn't actually have that many starts throughout the season. So that also makes it very tricky. Yeah, of course. So it, it, it works in your favour if you sort of get to race the whole season with the dog and uh, definitely brings the other two, Big Time Prada and Typhoon Tim, into contention. Now, we know you're going to be a little bit biased on this one, Daniel, but we have the middle distance grain of the year as well. Charlotte Lou, Opawa's superstar, and that greyhound who you've probably patted a few times and tell Bingo Bale. Again, very even between probably the top two, but even the three of them all very worthy contestants. Yeah, definitely all three of them deserve uh, deserve their nominations there. I thought it was close between Tell Bingo and Superstar, but uh, 
the last day of the season, Superstar went out and won that feature race down at Invercargill, which I think's probably cemented his spot, but I could be wrong. I'm not on the panel, so I don't vote, but uh, it's, <laughs> it's close between those two. Charlotte Lucia was obviously very good for the whole season, winning the Oaks and that. Probably just a little bit behind those two boys, but um, I'm going Superstar. So in terms of stats for the season, Superstar raced 35 times, won 23 at 11 minors and picked up 172,000 in stakes. He won the New Zealand Breeders, the Auckland Cup. He was second in the Derby. He was third in the New Zealand Cup at about start 11 or 12 off the top of my, uh, my memory and third in the St. Ledger. Also won the Colin Keane Memorial at Group 2 level, the second in the Canterbury for charity, won a Manawood 2 Cup. That's a big season for a young dog. That's a, that's, that's a huge resume for a, a restricted age a dog that's just come out of his restricted age season. Um, and, of, of course, he's unfortunately just missed out on going to the, Australia to represent New Zealand in the Nationals. And, again, proving that now in New Zealand with the access to frozen semen we have for breeders that – there is the capability there to have the right brood bitch go to a good sire and leave a greyhound who's competitive at Group 1 level. Yeah, definitely. Obviously, being able to get the straws over from Aussie to those good sires, especially Fernando Bale. We know how good he was, and uh, he's certainly doing a great job at stud as well. And obviously, the Opawa bitches, so them tapping into those good sires and Aussie, they've uh, produced some super dogs. So breathing down his neck is Talbingo Bale. 28 starts, 18 wins, 5 minors, 96,000 in stakes, 13 Class 5 wins, won the Waterloo Cup, the South Island Champs, third in the Auckland Cup and behind Superstar, but it was a big run, and second in the South Waikato Cup. So he's had a monster season too. Yeah, we can't really knock him, really, can we? Um, one thing they don't include in there, which is fair enough, is the amount of sub-30 runs around Eddington, which is an unbelievable effort, uh, the amount of times he broke the 30-second barrier at Eddington. Can't take anything away from him. I just think he's uh, a wee bit behind Superstar in the season stats. Obviously, you've had a little bit to do with fast greyhounds, uh, you know, with with your old man training a number of good greyhounds. G-Tel Bingo must be close to the top of the pile. I think he is solely on the fact that he's just, he's a lot more reliable than any of the champion dogs we've had out of the boxes. And to be fair, if he gets on the bunny, it's going to take something serious to beat him. Um Dinah Vickers and Dinah Dave were both champion dogs in their own right. But imagine if they could come out of the boxes as good as he could. Um, they would have been a lot better. Freakish. Yeah. So he's definitely up there. I'm going to say he's possibly on his way to being the best. Talking about even awards, Daniel, also been selected by the panels, the New Zealand Bred Greyhound of the Year. Charlotte Lou, Opawa superstar, no keeper. Ooh, that's an even that's an even tougher three to pick between. Obviously, as good as Charlotte Lou was throughout the season, um, it's hard to separate the other two or put them sort of in the same category as her. <sighs> no keeper and a power superstar. That's a tough decision. They were both absolute freaks um, over their respective distances, and I'm just glad I'm not on that panel. To be fair. Keeper won 25 from 35, five minors, 186,000 in the bin, obviously predominantly over the staying journeys, but also won three open grade races. Yeah. 
what more can you say? Mm. <laughs> Absolutely free, because you'd hate to be on that panel trying to decide who's going to win those awards. But it's a really good thing that we've gone to an awards uh, to a to a panel now as opposed to points, because it really opens everything up. Dan, that's about all we've got time for here on Dogs Beam. Been a pleasure to join you. Don't worry, everybody. You can tune in next week. Dan will have the great man Mark Rosanowski back next to him, which, Dan, I reckon you're looking forward to. Yeah, it'll be good to have Rosso back. <laughs> Dog speed to you all. Mark Rosanowski, Dan Roberts back next week from lunchtime. But until then, we bid you all a very good afternoon. When making the double chicken deluxe at Macca's, we wanted to improve on the perfect combo of tender Aussie chicken with cheese, tomato and aioli. So, we doubled it. Chicken and Macca's together and loving it. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Available after 10.30am for a limited time only.